When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, this is Pat Prince, editor of Goldmine Magazine, and welcome to the Goldmine Magazine podcast. This episode, our guest will be Norm Harris, and Norm is the owner of Los Angeles's famous Norman's Rear Guitars. And Norm's going to be auctioning off one of Tom Petty's 1965 guitars, the Gibson SG Electric Guitar, uh, with also with Petty memorabilia like his top hat, which he wore in uh, Traveling Wilburys videos, you might recall. All this is being auctioning off uh, via Heritage Auctions, which you can bid on now and then join live uh, on the July 21st. And you could go to ha.com to find out more information about that. But uh, Petty and Norm Harris were close friends for decades, ever since Petty started the band Mud Crutch and also the Heartbreakers in Gainesville, Florida. And in the 1970s, they became friends. Uh, so let's get Norm on the phone to chat uh, with him about the Petty memorabilia he's auctioning off. Is Norm there? Yes, this is Norm. Hi, Norm. This is Pat from Goldmine, Pat Prince. Hi. How you doing, Pat? How are you? All right. Okay, great. Uh, so maybe you could tell the the listeners how the background of the, the guitar, the background of how you sold the guitar to Tom Petty and then ended up trading him another guitar and got the guitar back, the SG. Well, you know, over the years, I mean, I've known and been friends with Tom for over 40 years. I actually played in a band with Ron Blair, his bass player from the Heartbreakers, prior to him being in the Heartbreakers. Wow. And um, over the years, Tom has uh, been a very loyal friend and customer. And... um, you know, he has bought and traded a lot of guitars with me. Um, I did my first book um, uh, called 30 Years of Guitar Collecting, Norman's mm. Rare Guitars, 30 Years of Guitar Collecting, and Tom wrote the foreword to the book. And, um, you know, there was one guitar that was in the book that Tom was really after for, you know, as soon as he saw the picture of it, um, he kind of, got really excited about it. It was a Rickenbacker uh, 360 12-string double-bound. It, it was the import model of Rose Morris. Mm. So uh, Rose Morris was the um, importer for all the uh, Rickenbacker gear to the United Kingdom. And it also had a receipt in the guitar case um, that 
uh, was from Hesse's Music, which was in Liverpool, and that's where the Beatles got all their equipment, and this guitar kind of dated right about that same time. So Tom, being a huge Beatles fan, wanted that guitar. And at the time, I wasn't really ready to sell it, and, um, you know, and Tom kept calling me every few months and going, hey, Norm, how about, you know, selling that guitar? <laughs> And eventually, um, you know, and we had done a lot of trading over the years anyhow, uh, eventually I said, all right, Tom, I'll let you have the guitar, but um, what I want is I want, you know, a few things in trade, um, you know, that were stage used and all that um, to get the guitar. And when he got the Rickenbacker guitar, he used it on the Super Bowl, and it was his favorite guitar. Oh, he did? Wow. Many times. So um, the guitar prior was a Gibson SG in 1965, I believe it is, and um, there's an SG standard. And um, I had sold him the guitar pretty early on, you know, maybe in the late 70s, early 80s. Um, and um, the guitar um, was used when he went out on tour with Bob Dylan in, I believe it was 86, 87, um, on the back of this picture with Tom mm -hmm. um, signed, you know, he said, you know, 88, but that's when I received the guitar back. Right. So, um, so he used the guitar on tour with Dylan, um, and he used it pretty extensively, especially on a couple of Bob's tunes. Right. And there's video of it, and especially on the Australian tour, we have um, a, a video of him using that and standing at the microphone and him and Bob together singing together on, uh, I don't remember if it's Knocking on Heaven's Door, one of the tunes, one of Bob's tunes. Right. And uh, so anyhow, you know, when uh, the trade came up, I told Tom, well, you know, how about that SG that I sold you, you know, and Tom said, done, you know, so... Uh, so I got the SG, and he also included the top hat that he wore out on that tour. Right. And it was one of the most iconic pieces of Tom memorabilia. In it's terms very of cool. Yeah. I believe it was the 87 True Confessions tour. Um, mm -hmm. And he wore that, yeah. That's just, you know, that's a, that really complements the, the guitar. Um, now, as a guitar expert, you know, Objectively, which is the better guitar? Uh, of the Rickenbacker and the SG? Yes. Well, the Rickenbacker was far more rare. I mean, yeah. You know, I mean, it's just a very unusual guitar, very similar to the guitar that George Harrison used back right. in the day. Um, a lot of the British, um, you know, performers back in the day, uh, Jerry from Jerry and the Pacemakers had one. Pete Townsend had a similar guitar also. Mm. So, you know, a lot of the guitars that they um, exported to England had, like, little different characteristics. So, like, the... Um, the typical Rickenbacker would have like a cat's eye sound hole. Mm. This had an F hole, like, um, you know, a lot of archtop jazz guitars right. would have. So it just, you know, they did something a little bit different for, you know, their export, you know, just so that it would kind of differentiate a little bit. But the condition of the guitar, the fact that it was double bound, which mm. means having binding on the front and back of the guitar makes it extremely rare. Uh, uh, a really exceptional guitar and then you know the condition and also the fact that it came from Hesse's music mm -hmm. um, also was um, really a big thing but if you had to judge it by the quality of sound 
Uh, uh, you know, it's a completely different animal. It's right. like, you know, it, judging, you know, one <laughs> piece of art as opposed to the next. You, you know, it, for Tom, you know, because he was so much into the British invasion and the gotcha. British sound, right. that guitar meant a lot to him. And Tom probably, you know, when people think of Tom Petty, um, you know, he used a lot of different guitars over the years, but Rickenbackers really come to mind if you were, mm -hmm. you know, thinking of his, uh, you know, prime... You know, type right. of Doesn't the SG have a beefier sound? Yes. I mean, the, well, the, first of all, the SG is a six string and yes. the Rickenbacker is right. a four string. So the Rickenbacker has like this chimey kind of, uh, yes. you know, birds, you know, uh, you know, Beatles, eight days a week, you know, that kind of Which thing. Which was Tom um, Petty's, you know, like, what he was going for. Marine Man and, <laughs> you know, turn, turn, turn. That's kind of the sound of the Rickenbackers. Right. The SG right. is a very versatile guitar and it can be used for rock, blues, country, I mean, you know, almost anything. But uh, the Rickenbacker has a very specific um, type sound in right. use. Now to have, just a side note, have you gone to Hesse's Music in Liverpool? Have you ever visited? You know, I never have, but I, you know, just through my research, I knew all about it because that's where the Beatles got all their stuff. And over the years, um, I had dealt with George Harrison for many years. Um, he was a friend and, um, you know, just a lot of the people, I mean, you know, the Woolburys, George Harrison, Bob Dylan, all those guys, right. Jeff Lynn, those are all my customers. Um, you know, Roy Orbison, you know, so. Now you were close with Tom, but there was absolutely no indication that something like this could happen, right? No, this passing. I'm I'd be two years older than Tom, mm -hmm. uh, you know, and that's one of the reasons that I'm selling it. I'm 69 years old, yeah. and, you know, I mean, you just can't keep something forever. Right. And it, it meant a lot to me, and, you know, I loved it. But, I mean, I basically had it at my house, and, um, you know, nobody was seeing it. And I, I just thought, it, you know, it would be something, you know, I'd love it to end up maybe in Gainesville at the University of Florida if there was, mm -hmm. a, you know, maybe a donor that would want to donate it to their performing uh, you know, if there's a performing arts center there, sure. but you know, just any place where Tom has a lot of friends, it should be seen. And you know, the the combination of the hat and the guitar really, you know, says a lot. There's also some other stuff too. There's um, there's several other um, jackets that were custom made for Tom that are part of the auction, they, and they've been sitting in my closet. Oh, I didn't know that. Five years. Yeah. yeah. Are they suede? If I can remember. Actually, what were those the, jackets like? I'm trying to remember. Well, they were very fancy, custom-made. He had uh, a tailor that uh, lived on his compound over the years and made wow. them out of his stage clothes. So if you look at them, they're very elaborate and really cool. One of them had, like, uh, it was kind of a red and black uh, kind of Western kind of motif with, like, guns on the yeah. sleeves. There's another blue jacket. There's another cavalry coat is what he called it. Yeah. Um, and then there was one other guitar, too, um, that is going to be in the sale. And at one time, Tom was rehearsing, and this was not that long ago, in um, Culver City at a, a soundstage. And somebody had broken in and taken a number of their instruments, I think about five of, of Tom's guitars. One which was dear to him was mm. another SG, but this was a, a single pickup white SG Junior. 
And as soon as Tom discovered that that guitar was stolen from him, he called me up and said, listen, you know, do you have anything similar because I would like to replace that guitar? Mm. And I ran down and I brought the guitar to Tom and Tom used it. He was going to buy the guitar from me, mm. but they discovered that the security guard from the, um, um, the rehearsal hall had taken it and pawned it and wow. sold it to a pawn shop in a store in Hollywood and they were able to recover the guitars. So when I got um, you know, when he got his guitar back, he gave me back the guitar that I gave him that he was going to buy that was on loan that he used for several months. Um, and he wrote a letter saying uh, this guitar was uh, loaned to me when my other guitars were stolen and it's on his letterhead. There's also um, on one of the jackets on the cavalry coat, there's like, a you know, and there are letters of authenticity on everything except one black jacket that I had the letter of authenticity and somehow or other I had it for so long it got misplaced. Mm. But um, on on this cavalry coat, um, he wrote uh, a letter on this letterhead and he did a caricature of himself. That's really mm. cool. You know, that, um, you know, and the letters are all hand signed and, you know, and all that. So there's no question as to the authenticity of the instrument. Now, will this be auctioning off as a package then, not if someone wanted to just buy the hat, for instance? Well, the hat and the main, the Petty Dillon guitar, that's going as a package. That's what I thought. I, yeah. I just thought that the combination, because he's pictured wearing the hat with a jacket, with right. the uh, SG, so I just thought it would be an impressive you know, set for someplace, maybe a, a entertainment hall or someplace. Absolutely. A glass case where people can see it and appreciate it and maybe look at the video at the same time. Yeah. Uh, and then the other stuff will be going separately then. That's, That'll be that's... going separately, but my guess is that if somebody buys the jacket, and, the history uh, <laughs> and the hat, they're going to want to try. want to buy yeah. some of the other things just to have... Um, you know, the, the complete set. There's also uh, something else that I put in the auction as well, and that is um, when George Harrison had come into my store, and he was a customer over the years too, um, I had like a reproduction Fender pick guard, like a Stratocaster pick guard, and George was in, and we had done a deal on, on uh, some instruments, and I said, hey, George, would you do me a favor? Would you sign this pick guard? And he did for me. He put to Norm, you know, George Harrison. And, uh, you know, in haste, uh, you know, there's like a plastic covering over the guard. And I never even removed the plastic covering, which I should have done. But it was just such a spur of the moment kind of thing. And that's been sitting in a, in a drawer in my house for the last 20, 25 years. Wow. You know? So I just figured that, you know, might as well let people enjoy it. At, at my age now, it's kind of time to kind you know, right. share it. And you know, there'll be plenty of people that will. I think that's kind of cool because there are plenty of fans out there that, God, that will, you know, that will make their decade. <laughs> well, Something as know, small Tom as that. So iconic. Tom was so iconic and such a great songwriter yeah. and musician and all that. Also, um, you know, what's also part of this too is um, um, maybe about 12 years ago or so, I introduced Tom to this charity called the Midnight Mission. Mm -hmm. It's a homeless charity in L.A., in downtown L.A., on Skid Row. And um, Tom, uh, you know, as part of the deal, when he got the guitar, the Rickenbacker, I said, Tom, one thing I want you to do is I would like you to play uh, a gig to help raise money for the homeless. And that was part of the negotiation that I had with him. And Tom said, yeah, sure, I'll do that. 
And after that, he got so involved with the charity because it really meant a lot to him because as anybody who's a musician knows, being a musician and being homeless is about a step away. Yes. So it could happen to anybody, and he was very involved. And he ended up playing three shows for the Midnight Mission, one about 10 years ago, and then one about a year and a half, two years ago. Um, and the second one, he played two nights um, for the charity. And he was recognized by Music Cares for his work with the homeless, and that came from his devotion to the Midnight Mission. So he was very much into it. And he did that with Mudcrutch, which was his right. first band, and including a couple of the guys from the Heartbreakers. So, um, so you must have... He was very into it. And then also Mike Campbell, the guitar player in the Heartbreakers, has right. a charity called the Tazzy Fund. And what that is is it places... Um, dogs and animals in homes and also places a lot of dogs with, uh, you know, military veterans, um, you know, companions and all that. So I wanted, you know, some of the money to go to those two charities as well. So as far as all the people that you've dealt with in the industry, I think you were closest to Petty or it's pretty safe. Well, he was one of them for sure. I mean, you know, because over the years... um, you know, there was a little more to it. You know, like I played with Ron in yes. in a band for uh, a couple of years prior to him being in the Heartbreakers. And um, I ended up going, uh, the, the band that we were playing in split up, and I went with a band called the Angel City Rhythm Band. That didn't do a whole lot, but we had this guitar player, Rick Vito, who played with Fleetwood Mac and Bonnie yeah. and Jackson yeah. Brown and all that. So he's been... Uh, you know, I played with him for about two years, and Ron and T- Ron joined the Heartbreakers. Right. And at the time, my band had a gig in L.A. It wasn't a, anything special. It was at a biker bar uh, called the, the Rock Corporation. And Tom um, and Ron, they, they couldn't get a gig at the time. This is at the time they were trying to form the group and work right. out the material. And they both called me one day and said, hey, you know, you know the club owner. Do you think you could put in a word for us? And I did, and they ended up getting a gig there, and I think it helped them kind of form the band, get their material together yeah. and all that. So I think from that, Tom had always been so loyal to me. I mean, anytime I asked him if he came in my store to do a video for us, and we have like a very big social media, and if you go to Norman's Rare Guitars YouTube, um, if you click on there's one um, video that Who Shops at Norm's and Tom is in that. There's several other videos that Tom did it. At, you know, at the store for me, and he played for this charity. Um, he was just, I think he was very loyal to me because at the time that I actually needed that gig, you know, I helped, I helped him, you know, sure. get the gig. So uh, he remained a loyal friend over there. Well, you know, many of our us fans were devastated, so I'm sure you were uh, very oh, yeah. devastated. It was a terrible shock. I saw him the last night that he played. You know? Are you serious? Wow. Yeah. Yeah, that's got. It was just such a shocker, um, because let's face it, there are a lot of other um, elderly rock stars that, you know, we would think, um, you know, will probably pass away soon. But never, we would. I just never thought Tom Petty. Uh, I just didn't even have that on my mind. It was such a shock. Absolutely. Well, same here. You know, I mean, it's you just never know. And you know, when I was young, you know, I thought. You know, by the time these guys are 30, they'll be done. But, you know, these guys are playing at 60, 70 years old and, more, and older, and people are still going out to see them, and they're still playing, you know, so. Well, he had the magic. Party and the stones. And, yeah. His his influence were all there, you know, all the great bands. He had like a nice mixture of 
every great influence and put into the Heartbreakers, you know. So, Absolutely. yeah, they did records that were almost blues oriented. Exactly. They did you know a lot of stuff that was British invasion oriented, and you know, and his songwriting is yes. iconic because those tunes stick with you. And some of them, you know, I think he'll be recognized a hundred years from now as being one of the great songwriters. I think so. And he's very influenced by Bob Dylan, so Bob was yeah. really, uh, in terms of his lyrics. So, uh, you know, Bob was kind of an idol for Tom. And so yeah. him playing with Bob on that tour at the peak of both of their careers, um, that's what kind of makes this instrument really important. It does. What What do you think, uh, what's the expectations of it being sold, the price figure? Have... Well, um, you know, it, I was given a, a guesstimate from uh, Heritage Auctions, and they want to start, uh, the bidding at $150,000 right. the guitar and the hat. Now, right. again, part of this is going to charity, so sure. whoever donates, you know, it's it's going to go to a good cause, too. Yeah. So, um, but, you know, there, there are a few guitars that have sold recently. One was a guitar that was Robbie Robertson's and Bob Dylan from the band... Mm-hmm. And, and by the way, I, I supplied all the instruments to the last waltz, which was... You did? Uh, the band. Yeah, and we got screen, screen credit on that. And um, so um, that guitar, there was a Telecaster that was sold, and that went for about 400 and some odd thousand dollars. And um, the guitar, when it was uh, being played by, by Robbie and Bob Dylan and the, and the band and all that, um, the guitar was a black finish Telecaster. But... Since then, um, the guitar had been refinished to a natural color, and it had a Bigsby tailpiece added and different pickups. So mm. a lot of modifications were made, and the guitar is kind of hardly recognizable as right. the instrument, but I'm sure it is because, you know, Rob, I, I know Robbie very well, and Robbie would never misrepresent, and um, he actually had his son, Sebastian, come into my store showing us the guitar, and I think we did a video with it. Yeah. Yeah, we've dealt. Sebastian's a good guy. We've dealt with him plenty of times. Um, do you hate it when you get modifications on guitars, antique guitars? Well, you know, in terms of collector's value, just as a guitar itself, yes, you don't want modifications. Exactly, you want the guitars to be as stock as they left the factory. But when it comes to memorabilia, that's a whole other story because it's more of the association with the artist. Mm-hmm. So um, the more recognizable the guitar is and, uh, you know, being proven that the artist used it, that's the most important thing. So sometimes yep. modifications on memorabilia are a good thing because they make um, Depends. it's recognizable. Right. The thing with this other guitar, the Telecaster, is that the, most of the modifications were done, you know, way after the fact. So right. when you look at it, you know... You can tell by the bones that it's the right guitar, but there's just a lot of stuff that was changed after the fact. Well, thanks so much for taking the time to talk about this with us, and I'm sure plenty of our readers, even the ones who don't have the money, will dream of <laughs> well, I owning this. Well, I think someplace where people can actually see it. And exactly. It, you know, and be like a shrine to Tom, because, you know, I mean, he was... He was a really good guy as a person. Too, yeah, you know? that's what I hear. You know, so um, he was very much into this homeless thing. You know, yeah. And uh, but you know, as a musician, uh, there's very few groups that have had careers from, through so many decades, and mm-hmm. were not oldies groups. Were doing tunes that were on the charts. I mean, right. he had records just a few years ago that were very high on the charts. 
So not many artists can say that. Most groups, you know, that were from the 70s and 80s, you know, their hits were then and they weren't as... Right. I I always thought of Tom Petty as a, a sort of ambassador of rock and roll. You know, you kind of see like Dave Grohl, you know, very likable. He punts Tom Petty was the same way. You know, very likable, always doing the rounds, you know, doing a lot for charity, collaborating a lot, you know. And his tunes said a lot to a lot of people. They did. The lyrics and listen to the lyrics yeah. to a lot of the tunes. They were personal, but they were relatable to, yes. you know, American Girl, you know, to uh, uh, Free Fallen, to all those kind of tunes. When you listen, look at the lyrics, they were personal, but, you know, people could relate to them. And I think that was really one of his real Yeah, suits. they captured the spirit of America. They, they did. I agree. Okay, great. Well, great luck on, on the auction. Well, thank you so much, and I hope uh, the listeners and the readers enjoy it. And I hope it goes to a good home where a lot of people can, you know, see a shrine to, you know, one of the greatest artists of all time. Okay. Thank you, Norm Harris. Thank you for talking to us about all the Tom Petty memorabilia. You'll be auctioning off via Heritage Auctions uh, in July. Right now you can start bidding and uh, the auction will be live on July 21st. And thank you, listeners, for tuning in. This is Pat Prince, editor of Goldmine Magazine signing off. Don't forget to pick up Goldmine Magazine on the newsstands at Barnes & Noble, Books A Million, and select indie record stores. You can also go to goldminemag.com for exclusive content. You also will get a percentage off on subscriptions there. And also you can check out other exclusive content like our Goldmine Radio Show at CygnusRadio.com. So we'll see you soon. Thank you. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.